0: Rise and shine. Welcome to the sit down and talk show. As always, I'm your host, Shanice Talia Williams. Today, I'm finally ready to have the Kyrie conversation. I wanted to take some time to step out of my indignation and into a space where I feel that I could have a conversation around education. So let's get right into it. So everyone has been having some sort of conversation around Kyrie Irving, whether it is around someone making a statement against Kyrie Irving, someone standing for Kyrie Irving, your personal opinion, how you feel about the situation. Either way, it sparked a lot of conversation since the whole Kanye debacle. Either way, we've all been having conversations around education, around religion, around Blackness, anti-Blackness, what it means to be Black and so forth. So lots and lots of nuance, lots of intersectionality, lots of conversations that we all need to be having. But the the, the issue for me is the condemnation that came with the conversation. So last actually yesterday twice, I had class in person and on Zoom. And I'll start with the first the first instance of the conversation coming up in white spaces for me. So yesterday we were in class and my professor is a, um, I hate to misidentify him, but I will, he has several times said his family's from India. So it's safe to say that he identifies as a Indian man. So my professor is an Indian man and Everyone else in our class is white, except for um, there may be like one Hispanic girl and one Indian American girl, and then myself, the only black woman or black person, black body in the class. So we are having a circle, a brave space, and we're talking about politics. And we got to that point in the conversation where politics and religion made that intersection. And i do go to a catholic pwi at the moment so very often religion does intersect into the conversation so as we start to speak about religion i bring up the fact that we always have religious leaders for example jerry falwell if you all are unfamiliar with him there is currently a documentary on netflix called god forbid Please watch that documentary. That man is, especially for all my Virginia listeners out there, his family owns Liberty University. He is a rich, wealthy man and basically a religious zealot, but he's behind closed doors, a freak. So uh, that's basically the gist of what that documentary is about. But we, we started to have that conversation around religious leaders intersecting into political spaces and the indoctrination of religion being used to now indoctrinate people politically, which is how Trump, a non-Christian man, became the face for Christian constituents. So it was the religious leaders who made that happen for him. But there are no leaders at all. They're freaks behind closed doors. Please watch that documentary. So we had that conversation and it led into the Kyrie conversation because one of the ladies, one of the young ladies in my class start to mention, you know, when the whole Black Lives Matter movement started, she had some friends and she specifically said and specified herself. This is her narrative. And I quote, I had some Jewish friends who were really upset that We they would say things like, why are we so focused on the Black Lives Matter movement when the Jews are the number one persecuted and discriminated against in this country? And I quote, "That's and I would love to have her say that for herself, but obviously I'm sitting in my apartment in my office and it's like 7.30 in the morning. So fortunately I'm unable to get that soundbite for you all. But one day when I start to have guests on this show, I will ask her to share that story. But she said that and It segued into me saying to her, well, a lot of the times what I found is that rebuttal is used in order to overshadow the oppression that Jewish people in this country have also caused black Americans. For example, the debate within the Jewish community around whether they should still be wearing blackface for a holiday called Purim. And that's where I stopped. So... They looked at me and said, well, what do you mean blackface and Jews in America? So I began to educate all of my white classmates on the connection to Orthodox Jews in America and Jewish people in America and the practice and tradition of dressing up in blackface for a holiday, uh, excuse me, a holiday called Purim, which is like Halloween for them. And there's one Jewish woman in my class. And she says, well, as a woman, a Jewish woman raising two, um, what did she say? She said she's raising two diversely inclusive children, uh, Jewish children. And they, they don't believe in wearing blackface for Purim. But she says... <laughs> You know, and the only the only reason I could understand why we would do something like that is because, you know, it's it's around the story of Ethel or Esther and and Haman and, you know, maybe Haman possibly could have been maybe was black. And I was just like, did this woman just admit that the person that they're dressing up for, the Jewish character, Haman? Who apparently was also hung by a noose which is their connection to nooses and why they love using them and hanging them up and wearing them around their own necks when they're in blackface because apparently this hammond fix like character person in this story that they're celebrating was a jew who was hung but was black i have so many more questions now And you know me as a researcher, I'm going to go do my research. I'm going to go answer and find those facts because now I have questions I want answers to, much like Kyrie Irving, who had questions he wants answers to. So what we find and what we come across as we seek the knowledge of ourselves, are we responsible for the knowledge that we intake when the truth about who we are has been hidden and kept from us? That's my first question. How are we being condemned for opening up a book, for watching a documentary? Because our thinking has expanded beyond a John Singleton movie. Now we are a threat to society. Now this man is dangerous. Understood. So... The second class I had for the day yesterday was one of my Institute of Pastoral Studies courses, and we definitely talk a lot about religion in that class. And we actually spent a lot of time talking about the women in the Bible last night. And for context, this class is taught by a Black woman. I, of course, am, other than the professor, the only Black student in the class. Everyone else are white identifying and a mixture between male and female. So that's the outlay of that course. So we're, we're having this conversation and we're having a lecture around Jesus and his crucifixion, Mary and Anna and Mary Magdalene and all the women in the Bible. And we start to talk about genocide and consent and how that's all found in the Bible and so forth. And we all have to go around and share our thoughts on the readings and the lectures and so forth. And when it got to me, I had so much to say, but no way to say it. So I typed in the chat, my thoughts on this topic is very nuanced, and I have a lot of feelings right now. And of course, my black professor says, no, Shawnee's expand on that. <laughs> so I find myself needing to come. I had my camera off, so I found myself needing to put my camera on and actually see these people while I am saying what I'm saying to them. And I, I say to this classroom full of people, it's great that you all can sit down and read a religious text and you find yourself, you see yourself, you are mentioned in these texts, but where am I? For my skin color to be so noticeable that it makes me a target of hatred, it makes people want to kill me, it makes people hate me so deeply, but why is it not mentioned in any religious text? If it's that deep and it's it's such a trigger for people, why is there no story of my creation in any of these religious texts? It's hard for me to relate to Mary. It's hard, to me, hard for me to relate to any of these women in the Bible because you're talking about a bunch of white women. How can I ever relate? I can relate to the energy of Mary. And I say to them exactly that. I can relate to the energy of Mary. Because every day I sit here and I watch Black men be crucified like Jesus. And then I start bawling tears in this classroom. And you see the looks on these people's faces and they are so disturbed. But I could care less if they were disturbed at my display of passionate sadness and just indignation Or if they were disgusted at the fact that they never thought about why blackness is nowhere, anywhere, in any of these contexts of any of these religious texts. There's hints of skin like bronze and hair like wool, which can be completely misinterpreted as we can see, but there's no mention of melanin. Blackness, black skin, markings that are so prominent that you will notice me differently than you would notice someone else. Because why is that the case if it was never created that way? Where is the the story of creation of discrimination? Where is the story of creation of hate? Where is the story of creation of blackness? Who created it? where did it come from where's the roots to the creation of blackness period in this world so my black professor goes on to say you know you you got to read it and we're we're in here we're in here when they talk about the way jesus looked we're in here when we talk about blah 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 and i said well that's not good enough for me anymore it's not good enough for me to have to go through here As a non-religious leader and sort through how to find blackness in these texts. If they are in the original text, show me the original text. Stop showing me the sanitized, rewritten, reworked, whitewashed versions of religion. Because it's no way possible that blackness can exist in a world and never be mentioned in any story of creation. It makes no sense to me. And it made no sense to those white people once they heard me say it because they came back into the course or back once I'm done. They came back and they're responding via chat. And, you know, Shanice, we want to respond to what you said. And one woman specifically says, well, the church I go to has a sign out front that says we worship a brown Jew. Okay, so your church is acknowledging that Jesus was a brown Jew which means Jesus is a black man. So why do we walk into these white churches who know that Jesus is a brown Jew or a black man with a figurehead of a white Jesus? Make it make sense. We can't pick and choose when blackness is good and when blackness is wrong. If Jesus was a black Jew, then let's start the story there. Let's start the story with Jesus is a black Jew, dot, dot, dot. And everybody, it needs to be a universal acknowledgement, whether you are Episcopalian, you are a Christian, a Baptist or so forth. If you are worshiping or honoring, acknowledging Jesus, you are being remiss to do so without acknowledging his blackness. And that is where we are at. We are tired as a people of the hatred that we've endured, the oppression that we've endured, everything that we've been through because of our blackness, but no one wants to tell us where it came from. Could you understand how that would cause a sense of irritation? I love the word indignation because it's literally rage mixed with annoyance. And that's what we are feeling right now as a people. So with this indignation, Again, I had to sit in a space where I was able to take that and turn it into a conversation that can educate people. And in turn, I educated myself by presenting this information to my white classmates because they had to acknowledge then what they knew about Blackness in the story of creation. Whether it was the Jewish woman mentioning that Haman could have possibly maybe was black all the could have possibly maybes Was enough for me to take it as conversation That at least this Hammond person Was black And Then we have the woman in my second class Telling me that her church Acknowledges that they worship a black Jew So now we have a white woman Acknowledging that her whole congregation Is worshipping a black man So So My question now is why, again, is Kyrie Irving having to publicly be condemned, publicly atone for a sin that was never committed, and very much be publicly crucified as if he did something other than ask the question about his creation? It's still... It's like I'm trying to find the words to say to help me better understand how this is even possible. And beyond it being possible, if Kyrie caused such harm, now's the time for Jewish religious leaders to come forward and educate the masses. Because if they think that Kyrie Irving is the only Black man or Black person in the world who believes these thoughts, clearly, They're wrong because Kyrie never made that documentary. Are we having the same conversation with the person who created the documentary? Are we having these same conversations with the people who are selling the documentary? No. Just the person trying to find himself. A person trying to figure out his story of creation. Because that means if he's searching for his story of creation and this is where he's landed, he's getting too close to truth so with that being said i say us as regular people basic non-famous non-rich nothing really to lose it's our job to have these conversations it's our job to ask the tough questions it's our job to continue to perpetuate the narrative that we have a story of creation that needs to be told because we do blackness didn't just come out of thin air it wasn't just something that was, "Oh wow, look, white people created blackness. It's not even possible." Co- no, literally, it's biologically impossible for a white woman to give birth to a child who contains the same melanin as a black woman. Completely and biologically impossible. Look it up for yourself. Like it it just is what it is. Now, a black woman on the other hand can give birth to a white child because It's biologically possible and biologically proven that black women can give birth to any color child from albino to black. Any color on the spectrum, a black woman can give birth to. It's completely biologically impossible for a white woman to create blackness. So with that being said, if Jesus was a brown Jew, at least one of his parents had to be brown. <laughs> More than likely, his mama, which is why we see pictures of black Madonnas, brown Madonnas, and so forth, which they love to. They love to say is a correlation to Isis and Osiris and so forth. It's like when we say that Mary the Catholic version of Jesus' mother and the Madonna is a brown woman. And they say, well, no, this might be a depiction of Isis and Osiris. It's like there can only be one black. There can only be one. So we're going to say the Egyptians is the black ones. But even then, portray them white in all of these movies. But they the black gods and goddesses, y'all. Never told us about the ones in Europe, but never mentioned Oshun, Oya, Yemaya. We never heard nothing about those in in class. None of them. But y'all could teach us about all the Greeks. Y'all could teach us the Romans. Y'all could teach us the Egyptians and give us the Egyptians as the black and brown gods and goddesses. But that's it. That's all. And then again, when we get the Egyptian gods and goddesses, we never get them in a way that they look like us or even look like they're from Africa, period. But then again, Egyptians, they claim that they are Egyptians versus being a part of The continent of africa so there's nuance in that as well i actually had a conversation with an egyptian man and i asked him how are you all okay with american hollywood movie creators depicting egyptian gods and goddesses as white men and women and they said they didn't care there they said that It was actually like a compliment to them that white people wanted to play their gods and goddesses and i was just absolutely floored at the self-hatred and the internalized colonialism because that was never the case with blackness in america representation matters get your white ass off the screen playing this black goddess it's a no for me if i ever saw a white woman playing oshun i would probably break my tv I would stop watching TV altogether. Like if I ever saw a white man playing Shango, I might have to actually go like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna make no threats on this podcast, but it would definitely be, it would be a mess if we saw that happening where, you know, especially in the space where we're in with spirituality and how we feel about the representation of our gods, goddesses, ancestors, and so forth, that would be a no-fly zone. So I'm going to wrap up this conversation today with just a reminder that we are divinely created. We exist and our existence is a form of divinity because apparently no one can tell us how we got here. So we must be some sort of starseed alien descendants because before the, the slave ships, before all of that, Apparently, blackness was just something that fell out of the sky and ended up on Earth with white people. So that's my story of creation for y'all, if y'all want to know how we got here. But in the meantime, let's go seek that truth. Let's go find those facts. Let's ask the hard questions. Let's continue this conversation because there is a story of creation of blackness that has been kept from us. And we're going to find it. And I don't mean find it by just... Oh, well, the context of the Bible says, the context of this King James text. No, 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 no. I want to see original text. I want to f- feel and see and read the Hebrew for myself. Even if that means I have to learn Hebrew for myself in order for me to understand original text, I will. Because that's how hard and how much, that's how hard I'm ready to go for my, my story. That's how hard I'm ready to go for my truth. That's how hard I'm ready to go for my people. I will learn the language that was taken from me in order to find the truth that is deserving of me. And that's what I'm going to leave y'all with today. Be blessed. Stay safe. Love y'all.